Welcome to Mountain Mama Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hodson. And I'm Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. You are also Emily Hacken. I'm Emily Hacken. Who am I? <laughs> That's my name. Okay, so anyway, we're on episode 12, still cracking. And mm-hmm. um, we have an awesome guest today. This is our cousin Catherine. She Hello. Is, this is our first time ever doing a Zoom interview. So hopefully this is going to be super fun. Um, she's joining us from Tennessee in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. She's originally from Salt Lake. Um, and she's married to a sweetheart for almost 19 years. She's got mm-hmm. four kids and a big standard poodle. And she's currently, her occupation is a SAHM, stay-at-home mom. So she's rocking that. Um, the fun fact about her, and I think this is hilarious, is she has 32 musical instruments in her home. She says she can play some of them. And I wanted to read a few because these are pretty awesome. This is so amazing. Four trumpets one piano, a Peruvian flute that was from a trip I gave you, huh? a banjo, a bass guitar, three ukuleles, a baritone ukulele that she's very good at playing, a couple of the guitars, a mandolin, and then a mountain dulcimer, auto harp, sailor's whistles. Like, this is crazy. A dig- of course, she has a didgeridoo, a tremola, <laughs> harmonicas, and a giant conch. Is that a shell? Is that what you? Yeah. I love it. It's actually that. behind me. Ah, oh, yeah. I see it. <laughs> okay. So what? I don't even know what one of those is. What is the? <laughs> Just one. <laughs> what, the, trem- the tremola? The tremoloa. That has roots in like the door-to-door salesman ripoff culture. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a knockoff. It's like a mass marketed as a Hawaiian instrument quick buck scheme yeah back like in Hawaii right Uh uh-huh well yeah look it up it's fascinating tremoloa it's worth a listen (laughs) what does it look like possible so it's got strings um I want to say 12 strings and then it has um like this arm on it with a finger pick and a steel bar and it makes like the noises like perfect for Halloween yes um not so perfect for mellow Hawaiian sounds if you're going for that (laughs) (laughs) the perfect frustrating instrument (laughs) awesome that might be a future episode seriously yeah because I yeah I'm familiar with didgeridoo and stuff like that that you're hilarious Catherine we love you (laughs) all right so Catherine today is going to share a story um, from the Davy Crockett State Park in Tennessee. Um, something about gangs. You go for it, girl. <laughs> all right. So first of all, as an unofficial Tennessean, um, it's David Crockett. No one out here ever says Davy Crockett. Huh? They will correct you so fast. Apparently, <laughs> that was a Disney thing that they started with Davy. They will um, get another historical story. <laughs> I know. Oh, they will point that out. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Um, so David Crockett State Park is gorgeous. It's down in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, down past Columbia and um, Columbia, Tennessee. It's in the sticks. Like you get down there. It is like there's Amish country down there. You may see like buggies and things. Um, and it's gorgeous. There's this gorgeous river that flows through it. There's like 
one of the U.S.'s only covered bridges, like just beautiful. There, it's it's pristine. It's wildernessy. I mean, you know, you're driving on a road to get there, but um, so the scene. We are on a family campout, and so my husband and I, four kids, and our youngest. So we have three girls and a boy. And our youngest was around the age of two and he's the only, you know, only boy. So we get there and we're playing in the Creek and there are little crawdads. We're catching crawdads and it's beautiful. And we had brought a big pot of stew with us. And that was like simmering on the campfire. And um, there was hardly anyone there. Like, you know, maybe, I don't know, down the road, there was another family camping um, but it was pretty much us. And all of a sudden, out of the wilderness, we hear like <laughs> the unmistakable sound of a motorcycle game. And we were like, <laughs> how close are we to the freeway? I thought we were in the wilderness. And it gets closer and closer and we can hear it. And the next thing we know, this motorcycle gang pulls into the campsite immediately next to us. <laughs> and there are plenty of sites around that they could have spread out a little. But that was the site that they had gotten. And the, the site was so close that I could put my arm into their camping site. Wow. Like it was immediately next door to us. And um, I mean, their picnic table, it was like we were at a restaurant. Like the, the tables were that close. And um, I was like, oh, no, save the children. And uh <laughs> So this gang comes in and the first guy rides his motorcycle and it was a very, very nice motorcycle. And I mean, it was like a designer motorcycle and he pulls up and he's got very fashionable protective gear on <laughs> and he pulls his helmet off and like flips his gorgeous hair. And he said, don't worry, we're nice. <laughs> and I was dying. So I mean, this whole gang of motorcycles, and then their support vehicle pulls in, and this big burly guy with a handlebar mustache comes out, and um, it was a group of models, and they were all friends, and their six foot six photographer, and um, apparently he was based out of New York City and kind of a big deal. We looked him up later, and um, they were traveling across the country. And they were um, just taking in all the sights and living the dream. And, and they had been living on gas station food. And, and they were all gorgeous, like all of them. And the initial was man that told gals? us that they were nice um, was... Oh, I was going to say... It was all men, all men. All men. And Benjamin, little two-year-old. Yeah, all men. And Benjamin was just smitten. He was like all this masculine manliness. He was absolutely entranced. And he kept going over there. And the initial man that we had met was also named Ben. So every time, I mean, Ben kept going over there. Like he could not stay away. And they were so like kind and nice and like flattered that this little two-year-old wanted to hang out with him. And every time I was like, Ben, the model Ben was like, yeah, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. And uh, they were telling us about like all their adventures. And um, anyway, so it becomes dinner time. And we're eating like this gorgeous stew that we had just brought. We made it at home and brought it and just heated it up. It was like pot roast. 
And so we invited the biker gang over and they ate stew with us and they told us stories and it was so much fun. And um, it was just fun finding out about them. And um, their support vehicle man was trying to like fix something on his tire. And Ben was over there like he had grabbed one of his tools and was banging on the car. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. And then in the middle of the night, um, Benjamin disappeared. Like, he was gone. Like, we're all in the in our tent, and everything is hooked up, and Ben is gone. Like, I don't know how we got out. I don't know how we did not notice this, but Ben was gone. And I opened the door. I'm like, Benjamin! And the, the photographer's name was Sully Sullivan, six, six foot six at least. And he comes over and he's got Ben in his arms, just cradled so cute. And he's like, hey, your little dude came over. We'd be happy to keep him. It's fine. I'm like, thank you. I'll just take that little (laughs) dude. It was so funny. And then the next morning, um, Sully comes over, the photographer, and he sits down and he has this little pouch in front of him. And he's like holding it and cradling it. And he said, you guys were so nice. Like we had been living on like gas station hot dogs and all this horrible food. And like, that was so nice of you guys to feed us. And if, if I had a million dollars, I would give that to you, but I don't, I have this. And he like unzips his little pouch and he had all these Polaroids that he had taken. He was like experimenting in Polaroid photography and he let us each pick out a signed Polaroid and as a, as a gift of thank you. And uh, it was just so sweet. And then the motorcycle gang roars off into the next leg of their journey. And, and we were all sitting there just laughing. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh it was hilarious. God. I mean, I did not know what to think when they came in. Like, I was like, pack up the van and we're heading out. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Well, I have to say, you have a history of motorcycles. I remember your mom. Tell us about your mom and motorcycles. Because, like, oh man, like it's not, yeah, not too That is another hilarious start. My mother. So, my mom, I was raised on cautionary tales, as you know. (laughs) And she has a horror story for everything. Like, any possible scenario that you happen to mention to my mother, she will have a cautionary tale for that. And she will have some way that things could go awry that you need to be careful of. Which is hilarious because I feel like she lived them all. It's not yes! that she was like a cautionary oh, no. woman. No. She was like in a motorcycle. I don't know if she was in a motorcycle gang herself, but I know she did. Motor- <laughs> they did. Yeah, she wasn't in when she was pregnant with you. Yeah, yeah, I know she rode around on a motorcycle when she was pregnant with me, and um, yeah, it's funny because she was so cautious, but we had no rules. Like Mm -hmm. the only rules I remember growing up, we had no curfew, we had no bedtime, but we were not allowed to have glitter in the house. That was a law. (laughs) No Barbie glitter because of an incident that had happened that affected us for many decades afterwards. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I can't leave it there. We had had a glitter got into the into the dryer and it had gotten into everything. Like for years, we were finding it in our sweater, in our toothbrush, in our hairbrush. Like 10 years later, I am not kidding. 
I was still finding glitter. And so that was a solid lock. But yeah, this mother who gave us no real like super rules and stuff. I mean, there were things that were expected, like don't leave your stuff on the stairs, like do the dishes before you get that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, she and my dad, they had motorcycles when they were first married and they were forced off the road by a semi truck. Like they, they, I don't know if my mom slid. I think my dad did. If I remember right, I think he slid off the road, but it was so scary that both of them sold their motorcycles. And that was it. Like they sold those things. Yeah. Until my mom went through what I'm assuming we can safely call a midlife crisis (laughs) 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 and your motorcycles. Um, yeah, mom. So she'd gotten divorced. Um, Things were much calmer than they had been. And she went and bought, I wish I knew the name of this, this little yellow motorcycle. Just this cool looking motorcycle. And she was so happy. Like she had this huge grin. And she went out on her inaugural ride after, I mean, she'd driven at home, but she goes out to just pleasure ride. By that time we were living in Heber City, beautiful Heber. And that's where I spent most of my life growing up. Um, and she was smiling and she comes home and her teeth are full of these little flies that is like <laughs> her teeth and she was <laughs> so happy. <laughs> I know. I mean she would have fit right in with this motorcycle gang. She would have loved it. And uh, she was so funny. And another time she rode out, and back then no cell phones, you know, it's not like we could easily keep track of our wild mother. And um, she got caught. <laughs> That's exactly how your mom is. The yes. wild mother. Oh, she's so She wild. really is. <laughs> she, she really is. She's a free spirit and so funny. And she always wears sunglasses. Like mm-hmm. even speaking at her own mother's funeral, she had sunglasses on. She <laughs> always in every setting, at night, in the day, at church, she was wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Maybe not in the shower, but that's about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she, she's so funny. But one day I got this phone call and it was my mom. And I knew she'd been out riding and this freak hailstorm blew in. And she was like, Catherine, can you come and rescue me? And I could drive by then. And um she had like driven out on her motorcycle and this freak hailstorm came and she had been forced to like stop and go into like, like knock on a stranger's door, small town. But my mom's kind of like, you know, she, she wasn't the type of person that would just get out and like impose herself on a stranger. Like yeah. she would take anybody in and like help other people, but she would not. So, you know, desperate times. So yeah, she, my mom in that motorcycle, like. <laughs> she still, when was the last time she was riding? Do you remember? It's been a long time. Um, she doesn't own that motorcycle anymore. Um, I don't know the last time that she's ridden. It has been, oh, it's been a while, but she's still like, you know, she has her horse farm. She has lots of horses. She breaks wild horses. <laughs> and um, she's still doing that and still dealing with the horses. She tried to successfully break wild children. I think she did a good job. We're all, we all turned out fabulous. <laughs> I remember when we were she was kids, way more wild. <laughs> we would come to your house. This is a whole other episode, I'm sure. But we would come to your house 
And your mom would just be like, yeah, go ride the horses. And we would hop on the horses and just like ride around. I don't know how old we were. Like, I can't imagine oh, between 10. Or... Yeah, like 10, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. You were younger than yeah. when we started. You yeah. She's like, eight. just go ride them. You know, we would just climb on them. And I remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, your mom was a kick and a half. Like, I remember. I know. Yeah, we were raised. Her. Another way she raised us, she has like a cautionary tale for everything. But she also has like ways to teach you about life in the world with parables of horses for everything, for every scenario, child, child rearing and everything. So, you know, she's so funny. Um, we were raised around those wild horses. I mean, we would walk out in the field. Some of them weren't tame and none of us were scared of them. Like we knew if they came running up to us that we could just wave our arm around and they wouldn't stomp us. So it's as a mother myself, looking back on that, it does make me a little nervous. I'm like, wow, that that is real gutsy of my mom. But um, it definitely taught me a lot about under, trying to understand the nature of things around me because, you know, once you understand and you're gentle and it's all about composure and how you hold yourself, that you can you can get rid of a lot of life's fears that way just by maintaining composure, regardless of what you may be thinking. Oh, man. Well, Catherine, you are amazing. We yes. are so lucky to have you on today. <laughs> You're just, I just love you so much. And you have had so much adventure in your life. We're going to have so many episodes from you, I can tell. And thank you so much for sharing your exciting adventures in Tennessee, as well as Utah with your mom. And that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And remember... A woman's place is in the mountains.